Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. What's up, Enterprisers? Welcome to another episode of the Enterprise Now podcast, where we shape the mindset of the high achiever to think like an entrepreneur. We talk with masters of the craft to get the cheat codes to success, helping elite enterprisers level up and maximize their brand. I'm your host, LZ, the mayor. Now let's get to it. First of all, Adam, thank you so much for joining us on the show. I'm always excited to talk with other entrepreneurs, business owners, because we tend to be people who are creative and full of surprises. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. The first thing we always like to do on the show is get this out of the way. Adam, can I get an oh yeah? Oh yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So Adam, tell us a little bit about your story. We talked a little bit about it before we hit record here, but I'm curious to know, how did you get to owning or being part owner in Height Digital? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm here in St. Louis, Missouri. My background is in corporate America. I was a medical device sales rep for two different companies over the course of five years, most notably at a company called ResMed. So we sold CPAP equipment, uh, number one manufacturer in the entire world. Very fortunate to have that experience to work for an amazing company. But at the end of the day, I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I just didn't know what vehicle I would be able to utilize in order to accomplish that. So back in 2018, I started doing some research online as I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs do, how do I start my own business online? You know, everybody wants to work from the beach and have money, you know, coming in passively and things like that. So I was looking into things like uh, Amazon or Amazon dropshipping, eBay reselling, all that good stuff, even some real estate investments, and came across an ad teaching you how to build out digital real estate in the form of building websites ranking them, doing paid ads, essentially owning the asset instead of doing it for a company. Um, and then renting out those calls in some sort of fashion, more of like a digital landlord. So I, I got the skill set back then. I never really did anything with it up until 2020. I had built up about two years worth of case studies, projects, things like that before I ever charged anybody. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing looking back on it, but it gave me a lot of experience and I had assets to actually show people before just jumping in and being like, hey, let me essentially test out this project with your money. And so the pandemic hit. I had just gotten married and kind of realized an opportunity. I went from traveling all over the country and I really was never able to build up that side hustle to now being cooped up in my home. So I took the leap of faith in July 2020, started my full-time digital marketing agency. We have since turned to offering all of those services, so logo and branding, web design, SEO, paid ads for businesses and brands versus me owning the assets. But in that transition, a lot of stuff, obstacles, all the good things, my personal brand really took off. 
So I started getting a ton of inbound leads, started getting referrals, all these different things, and I couldn't keep up with the, the demand. So I made a transition about a year and a half ago to merge my agency with Height Digital. They were starting franchise model of digital marketing, essentially bridging the gap between what it is like to work with a large marketing agency, but there's so many benefits to working with a small, smaller agency from a customer service and experience standpoint. So I made that transition and have not looked back. We went from essentially just myself doing all of the work to now we have seven full-time team members. On the back end, we have about 180 full-time fulfillment uh, team members, which is amazing. And uh, we've grown about 3X in the last 15 months. And in our first 15 months, we grew from basically $0 in revenue to a seven-figure digital marketing agency. Wow, so many questions. You mentioned that you learned about owning digital assets. Dig a little bit deeper. What does that even mean? Absolutely. So if you think about ranking a website to the first page of Google, if I do that for your business, there's no real commitment long-term outside of maybe a contract. So once you're there, it's not that you're there forever, right? But most business owners look like that. Hey, I paid you to get me the first page of Google. Now I'm there. A lot of our clients will keep us continuing to do the work, but some people will just be like, hey, I'm not interested anymore. You already did what you said you're going to do. I'm out. So in the digital real estate realm, I get to the first page of Google and I'm just renting every single call, whether it's a monthly fee or pay per call. And I'm doing that. You're basically paying me per commission or however it works out. So it protects me as the digital marketing agency. I didn't just put two years worth of work in. Now the customer leaves. It also created you know, an interesting opportunity for me, we had an Autoglass website here in St. Louis that ranked to the first page of Google, started producing three, 400, 500 calls a month. And every single company that I tried to rent those calls out to were like, man, we don't even get that many calls ourselves. This is a lot of calls. So I actually created about a year and a half ago, I created an Autoglass company, not knowing anything about Autoglass but we outrank SafeLight. We outrank every local company that's been around for years. And so I've hired a team to do that. There's a lot of ups and downs that came from that. Because again, I know nothing about the industry. It wasn't like I could jump in and start repairing or replacing Autoglass. The digital marketing space is a very interesting one, but there's so many opportunities that are out there. And the entrepreneur and visionary in me just loves the opportunities that we have uh, and the ones that we've already created as well. So for the people in the back of the room, no takers, renting a call, walk us through the, what that means, what that looks like. Yeah, absolutely. So if you look at like hiring a digital marketing company right now, like us, you're going to pay a flat fee for whatever we do on a monthly basis. So that's whether you get one call or you get a thousand. Let's say I get you five calls a month. Well, you're going to pay, for example, they were paying us 25 bucks a call. So I make 125 bucks. But if I get to a thousand calls then you're paying me 25 bucks per 1,000. So it's more of a pay per performance type situation. It protects both entities to a degree, but there's a lot of stickiness that comes along with it. So talk your personal brand a little bit. Why go that direction? So I went from having two other competitors in medical device sales. Like you were either buying my product, there was one product that was like on the very, very far spectrum, which I never lost business to really. And then there was another competitor. 
So I didn't really have a ton of competition. It was more about relationship building, product training, education, all those different things. When I became full-time into digital marketing, I realized there's hundreds of thousands of options that are out there. Like everybody says they're a digital marketer, so it seems at times, right? So I knew that I had to stick out from the crowd because why would someone, especially because our business, we have over 100 ongoing clients, 90% of them are not here in St. Louis, 95% of them I had never met before they signed up with us. So I've now since met a lot of them and things like that, but I knew I had to stick out from the crowd. So I leveraged my social media, specifically Facebook at the time and still do to this day, to create content to my ideal target audience, which is entrepreneurs that are looking to grow, invest in their marketing and want their companies to two, three, five, and even 10, 20 X over the course of the next couple of years. Where most digital marketing uh, agency owners go wrong is they do the show up and throw up. So if you go to their social media, you literally can smell the digital marketing on them. So they have a Facebook cover photo that says, I'll guarantee you whatever. Every post is literally results. I did this. I did that. I'm with a Lamborghini. I took five, you know, whatever the situation is. So my profile and all my content is geared towards 90% what it is like to be an entrepreneur. 10% digital marketing, but it's always telling a story and connecting that to something that our clients experience. So that way, you know, the potential client on the other end can get tied into that story and, and be like, man, if I just hired Adam and his team, maybe I could experience those things. But by doing so, I've opened up, I've been super vulnerable. Here's what is not going well in business. Here's what is. But I, I tell the story. So that way, whether people like my stuff, comment, share it or not, they just see it. They're like, man, Adam's a real human. He is a digital marketer, but he's an entrepreneur and a human just like myself. And so that gets me a ton of business. What would you say are some of the things that you embrace that you would, would say is different or in opposition to what the, the norm is in, in your space? I think everybody, especially in digital marketing, only wants to talk about the success and talk about, hey, here's where we absolutely crushed it. And here's the results for our one client out of 100. And we can do this for every single person. Every potential client or just anyone that I meet, I just give them the upfront stuff. Marketing, there are no guarantees. If you, if you hear of a guarantee, run as fast as you can in the other direction because most guarantees are backed by literally nothing. I like to, to paint the picture of what's the worst possible thing that can happen. You give us all of your money. We might get you leads. We might not. But even if we do get you leads, doesn't mean that you're going to close them. Like, let's look at this as a long-term partnership and investment. But what I can do is I can show you, we work in certain industries. So we work with a lot of contractors, service-based businesses, lawyers, dentists, chiropractors, things like that. I can show you examples of people that do everything you do. They're not going to be in your market because we don't work with competitors, but I'll show you real-time lead flow. So I'm not making this stuff up. I will show you what is possible if you choose to work with us and do the work, because it is a partnership, we can't just do all the marketing and you not answer the phone. So I like to just be super upfront and blunt with people and be like, yes, we do crush it, but it doesn't happen overnight. And, and there's a lot of things that need to happen in order to get to this spot. 
But everything that we do in our business, we're also doing in our own companies. So for example, if you type in Digital Marketing St. Louis, Hike Digital is the number one result of a website on the first page of Google. We've been in business now as Hike Digital for a year and a half. Marketing agencies are supposed to be really good at what they do, and not to say that they're not, because there's a lot of good agencies here in St. Louis, but if I can do it in 15 months, and they've been doing it for 10 years, we have to have something figured out the right way, especially when everybody's doing SEO on their own stuff, or so they should be, right? The other aspect is my Autoglass company. I literally created that just off of search engine optimization. So not enough people, and I think this is a problem in business in general, not enough people would buy their own product or service or sell it to their mother. And that's the way that I, I like to combat it. It's like, hey, go ask that other guy, like, does, is he doing it in his own business? Would he sell it to himself? Would he sell it to his mother? Like those types of things. And, and you'd be surprised by the reactions I get. You mentioned before sometimes that you, on the marketing side, right, your job is to bring the leads, but your client has to close them. And I'm sure you've had the experience where you're bringing the leads, but the leads are not being closed. How do you manage that? So it's really in that sales and prospecting process. You know, everybody's like, hey, you know, if I ask you, hey, if I send you 10 leads, how many are you going to close? Most of our potential clients and clients are like, oh, I'll close nine out of 10 of them. My sales guy crushes it. You have to think about online marketing in a little bit different of a fashion because most people, they're not coming to us because they're already crushing it. They're coming to us because they want to start it because they've worked with other companies and it's just not working. The, the key is that expectation setting. So when you get 10 phone calls from Google, these people don't know your brand for the most part, right? They are potentially price shopping, but they potentially just also need someone that's going to take care of them, give them a fair price and exceed their expectations. Whereas if you get 10 referrals from word of mouth or Susie down the street, you're probably going to close most of them. So digital marketers will say, hey, a lead is a lead. It's not. The leads that you get from digital marketing and the leads that you get from referrals and past customers are two completely different things. So educating them on that process and then also understanding their business. You know, if you hire us, you get my entire team of seven people. We have on Hype Digital St. Louis, we have close to 20 plus years of digital marketing experience. Then you get our entire backend product team, like the list goes on, years and years worth of experience. We take time in the prospecting stage before they even come become a client to do our due diligence to make sure, one, are they equipped to be able to grow? Because most people are like, oh, I want to grow, I want to grow, and then they don't even have anybody answering the phones, right? Or they don't have the production, they don't have the, the employees to actually go do the work. Two, do they have the actual budget and does it make sense for them to pay a company to do it? And three, do they actually want to grow? A lot of people say that they want to grow and then they realize there's a lot of growing pains when it comes to doing that. So we want to figure out how we can partner with them and also integrate into their system, connecting their CRM to their website so that way they can automate a lot of this stuff. Most people don't know the first thing about automations. They don't know where to go. So we help guide them to make sure, again, that it's the right, it's a right fit, but that they're actually equipped to be able to do this, take on new business and grow. So you're an experienced entrepreneur. A lot of people who listen to the show, there's some people who are new. There's some people who are more seasoned, but they never got those sales lessons. So you kind of detailed a little bit of prospecting. Dig a little bit deeper there when you're thinking about prospecting, right fits. And I'd like to unpack some of the things like how much time you save when you prospect properly how much stress you save because it's 
a headache to work with wrong fit clients. So dig a little bit deeper into just the prospect and why it's important and sort of how it, it helps the business overall. I love that question. It's a question I love talking about. So thank you for asking that. So I think it's a couple different things, one of which is is my content. So I produce a ton of content all over social media. So Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, YouTube, podcasts, all that good stuff. The things that I discuss primarily in my content is based off of questions that we've either gotten from current clients, prospective clients, old clients, whatever you want to, you know, go in and look at. But I do an exercise with myself all the time and I do it with my team and I also do it with prospective clients as well. Take a look at your best 10 clients that you have. Take a look at what those attributes, what are the pros and cons to all of that stuff and what has led them to be successful and maybe where have they had some you know areas of opportunity to grow and what are their pain points, whether it's directly in business, whether it's in marketing, et cetera. But that will help you identify your ideal client avatar. Most people don't know who their ideal client avatar is. Example, we work with a lot of roofers. Hey, in our onboarding, on our onboarding process, who is your ideal client? Anybody with a roof. Come on, you know it's not anybody with a roof, right? Get into understanding the zip codes, their yearly income. Is it a married couple? Is it, you know, like all those different things. Once you start to get clear on that, that will help you grow your business. So that was kind of like a little bit of a sidetrack. But then we also take our last 10 clients and we do this every single month because things are going to change. And we start to pick the questions that they had during the prospecting stage, the questions that they had during the onboarding process, the questions that they had in their first 30, 60, 90 days. And then I am addressing all of that stuff through my content. So if someone's like, hey, you know, they've been with us for 30 days and they're already like, man, I know you told us it was going to take six months. You're right. It does take this in the first 30 days is really us getting the campaign set up, all this stuff. Okay, awesome. I'm going to make a video. Hey, your first 30 days in your marketing campaign, things are going to be slow. We have to get you access. We have to get access to all your stuff. So come to your onboarding when you sign up with us with your domain name, with all of the back end access to your website. So by the time I start doing all of that stuff, and it's over and over and over again, we create a more educated prospect that turns into a better client that turns into a client that will stay with us longer. We retain 94%, 94 94.5% of our clients in 2021. The average in the marketing space is less than 60% because people do such a poor job of setting the right expectations, being transparent with what they do, and then attending to the customers long-term. I spend a lot of money on my team from my VP to my director of client success to my account managers where I could either be jumping in more or we could all be collectively doing it together and making a lot more. Like I could be making a lot more money, but I have such a focus on focusing on why it's so important to take care of your clients, setting the right expectations, doing the content and making sure that it's a fruitful relationship long-term. So I know it's kind of a long-winded answer, but hopefully that helps. That is good stuff. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about personal mastery. Being an entrepreneur is hard and I know how much of an understatement that is. But give us some insight as to how you've approached just shifting your mindset, because you told me that you had, you've made a transition into full-time entrepreneurship. 
was quite different than uh, part-time entrepreneurship. I was a part-time entrepreneur for many, many years. And it was hard because you have this thing in the day, day job, and then you have to do this thing at night. But when I became a full-time entrepreneur, I recognized that it is not the same. <laughs> it's not the same hard. Um, do you have a, a similar experience and give us some some insight? Yeah, so I went 30 days at, in July 2020 thinking I had it all figured out. You know, I like had about $10,000 in monthly revenue, but then I had a bunch of expenses and I was just making like $15,000 a month at ResMed before. I had no idea what I was doing, but I went the first 30 days. I'm like, I think I got this figured out. And I realized, man, I need to seek help and guidance. So I joined my first mastermind 30 days in that taught me a lot of personal branding stuff, just how to run a business and things like that. And then I started over the course of the last two years, I've hired a life and mindset coach. I've uh, hired a business coach. I go to different networking events, masterminds, et cetera, to help stay on top of the latest and greatest and to keep my mind fresh. Personally, I have taken a massive transition in terms of self-development and taking care of myself. And so as entrepreneurs, in the first, I would say six months of, of me doing this full time, I would literally wake up early in the morning between five and 6 a.m. and not stop working until 10 o'clock at night. I would just do that every single day because I had so much stuff going on. I didn't know how to manage my time, wasn't taking care of myself um, in terms of health and fitness and things like that, but I just got into that rat race. So recently, as of about the last year, I've really started focusing on like how do I build my day in routine, morning routine specifically to help set me up for success because I don't care, and this goes for people that aren't even entrepreneurs, but regardless of what you do for a living, you have no idea what's going to show up on your plate that day. And what I mean by that, you're going to have your entire schedule booked out. Like I, I have my schedule booked out for the next three weeks, but there's going to be stuff that come up during the day that you just can't control. And you have to be in a mindset and you have to be equipped to take that on. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be fun, but it happens. So a lot of people, I think, hey, I have my calendar set up. Like, this is all I'm going to do today. Yeah, right. If you have a client, you have an employee, you have you know personal issues that come up, like you're going to attend to them at some point during your day. My focus is on right when I wake up until I start my work day. If I can have that structured and win that morning, I know I already won the day. And so I used to just roll up out of bed and start answering emails and getting on social media and all that stuff. But now I wake up at 345 every single morning during the week. I sleep in on the weekends, but I get started with a 90 minute workout that includes meditation, that includes a sauna session, cardio, lifting, etc. And then I get home, I read and then shower, get everything ready to go for the day, take the dog out and then get into my work day. But I know that if I do that in the beginning, exponentially my day is already set up for success and I've already went through 90 minutes of working out. To me, that's harder than dealing with a lot of the stuff in business that just flies on your plate. So where'd you get the insight to seek out coaching and, and mastermind? Because a lot of people, probably too many, which is why I think the failure rate in business is so high, they don't get the fact that they need that until a lot of times it's too late. So did you have a mentor? Did you have somebody in your life that said, hey, Adam, you should probably get some, some guidance in this journey? So I pay close attention from a far distance. 
And so I started following entrepreneurs, like all the big names online, two years before I went into this full time. I also started joining some free Facebook groups as I was like learning to be an entrepreneur. I was more of a wantrepreneur at that point. And I started getting connected with other business owners that were, you know, at my level or not at my level, but were where I wanted to be. Right. And I saw them talking, Hey, I'm in this mastermind. I'm in that mastermind. Like I have a business coach. So I just knew and most people don't hire someone 30 days in or get into a mastermind 30 days within becoming an entrepreneur. I just did it. I didn't know any better, but I knew I was lost in that first 30 days and I didn't know where to go. So I sought help. I'm always one to seek help and not just, hey, listen to the advice, but also implement it. And that's why I'll continue to do that in, in some sort of fashion throughout whatever it is that I do. But for me, it was paying close attention and never really like interacting with those people because they probably wouldn't interact with me. Now some of those people are my friends, which is funny, but I was paying close attention and, and learning from their success. And their success was leaving clues. Hey, I'm doing this. I hired this person. I'm in this mastermind. So I knew that I had enough knowledge and I had watched long enough that when I knew that, hey, this is the right time, I just jumped in. How has that impacted your business? I, I know the answer exponentially. So, but <laughs> so it, it's it's funny because a lot of the masterminds that I'm in, there are other business owners that are obviously clients because I can work with anybody anywhere. We have clients, you know, literally all over the world. A lot of those people get into those groups to just become, you know, better at whatever it is they're in in business. They can't really sell to other people because they're, you know, a local company and they just work in their local markets. So for me, in the beginning, I was like, hey, this is an opportunity to get more business, which I have. And I realized I was looking at it the wrong way because I was saying, hey, you know, I'm paying X amount a month. I want to see that in a return on investment. But quickly after I went to my first event, like six weeks in, I realized I was missing the boat because there was so much more that I was getting that you can't really put a finger or a pulse on that return on investment. That's the network that you get access to. That's the teachings and the trainings. And just through and through everything that I've learned in that group has exponentially increased my business far more than any sort of clients that I've gotten in there. Now, I have some great clients in there. I've gotten a lot of business from those masterminds. But teaching things that I would have never probably came onto without being in those rooms has built the trajectory of both my personal brand, my business, but the backbone of it, the processes and systems, the core values, how to become a leader, transitioning from a sales rep to a CEO, like those types of things that you just never think about has been exponential. So... If you had to give uh, a, one piece of advice to entrepreneurs that are listening to this, what would that advice be? So I would say make sure that you have core values, whether that's specifically for sure in the business, but whether those core values in your business also translate to your personal life or you have separate ones for that, mine are intertwined. And I didn't have those until January of this past year. So I went about 18 months, or I guess about 15 months, of not having core values in my business. And I didn't realize the impact of them because I've been at companies and I've worked with companies that you know have those core values on their wall 
and it's just that. They never actually live by them, they never implement them. But as I began to implement them, I saw how my team adapted to them because we did it collectively. And people start to, on your team and yourself, you start to make decisions based on those core values because it's the sticking and the foundation of your entire company. We also now will explain our core values in in our content and in our prospecting stage and in our ongoing meetings with our clients. The acronym of ours is TRUST. TRUST is at the foundation of everything we do. We are starting to see that our clients are not only staying longer because we talk about all these things, like we have to trust them, they have to trust us. You need to trust that I hired this person because that's what they're good at and that's what their job is. All of these different things, we're weeding out Some clients have left us. We realized they wouldn't have aligned with our core values, but we didn't have those established. But we're also not having conversations as much as we were prior, kind of going back to what we talked about earlier. How do you find more of your ideal clients and not those pain points? We're starting to find more and more that our ideal clients are popping up everywhere. We're getting on calls with them, but so much of it is based on our core values. So if you don't have them established or you're not in love with them, That's where I would recommend starting and doing that from the beginning. So I didn't do that for the first year and a half. And people might look at it as silly. Hey, you know, I don't have that big of a business. It's just me. I'm a solopreneur. Why do I need core values? You need them established. So that way you can hire and recruit people and also fire people if you need to based on those core values. But you can bring on clients, retain clients and also potentially let go or shy away from deals based on those core values. But if you don't have those in place, you're kind of just running aimlessly. What warning would you give entrepreneurs right now? Something that you've learned or understood in the last 30 days that if you had learned or understood it a year ago, you would have been better off. It's okay to fail. I think, you know, for me, you know, I look at a variety of different things that I fail at every single day. And I got so scared of admitting failure that I never wanted to talk about it. And I never wanted to admit to myself that I failed, but I failed a lot. So everybody looks at, hey man, you've grown all this stuff. Like I've failed more times than I've won, but I take those failures and I turn those failures into lessons. But you have to get right with your mind to be okay with failure because it's going to happen. And so many people don't take risks, whether it's starting the business, whether it's pivoting in business, or whether it's just doubling down on their business and staying in it because they're afraid of being a failure. I can tell you, if you want to be successful, you are going to fail and you're going to be, oh, you're going to need to be okay at doing so. So it's okay to fail would be the the one piece of advice I would leave you. So if people want to reach out to you, learn more about you, your business, and all the growth that you're enjoying, how can they do that? Yeah, so I have a personal website. It's adammcchesney.com. So my last name is M-C-C-H-E-S-N-E-Y.com. You'll be able to see everything we have going on there with both Height Digital St. Louis, my personal brand stuff, and then all of my social links as well. But the social link that I am on the most that you have the easiest access to is Instagram, and that's Adam L. McChesney. Cool, cool. Well, thank you so much for your time, Adam. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a great episode. If you got value from today's show, we want you to join the Enterprises Elite email list for more nuggets and resources. And remember, no excuses, just execution. Go get it.
What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.